Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. And please also consider making a small donation on my Patreon page so that I can continue to bring you amazing content so that we can all create a better future. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sovereign Collective Podcast. This is episode number five. And on today, I'm with Maria Castro. We are going to be talking about her story, a really important story that I think needs to be shared. We need to hear more of these stories because we need to understand the prevalence of this type of story that occurs and we don't, we don't even know it. So what I'm talking about is I met Maria a few months ago and I heard her story of having a vaccine injured son. And we came together at a rally with, you know, that's supporting freedom and truth and things like that. And through learning of her story and through my mama bear getting woken up and wanting to really help spread the truth and create this podcast, I feel like as a mother who made a very specific choice around vaccination, I need, we need to share the other stories because there's a lot of questions coming up and I feel like vaccines are finally on the world stage. Whether we'll get the full truth of what's happening behind the scenes is questionable. But I think for once, this is one of the silver linings that's coming out in this whole COVID era. So it's September. No, it's October, I guess. October 1st, 2020. So I'm sure you know that the world has changed greatly in the last several months and is is completely upside down actually. And so we're having these important conversations to help you start thinking and consider because what I always feel is that if I have better information, I can make better choices. So I'm not trying to make you decide one way or another, but just make you think and make better informed choices and share this with other people if you feel so inclined. So Maria, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking your time today. Um, and basically I just want to go into your story where your son is now 14. Yes. Yes. And you've come a long way with him. He did. Yes. But you've ha- it's been a big impact on your life, it right? Has been. Everything. So, but we're going to start from the beginning and go into, uh, what happened when he became damaged. And, and first of all, before even, uh, this, this injury occurring, when you went to vaccinate your child, were you one of those, because a lot of parents, a lot of, a lot of people say, you know, how does somebody become anti-vaccine? There's this big term anti-vaccine. And I think we need to, that's just there to create division, right? It's there to stop people from thinking. Because if I have a, buy a car, I want to make sure that those brakes were tested, that the steering wheel, like everything was tested for safety before I actually use it, right? As would anybody else. But we don't seem to have that common sense around vaccines. We, we don't question their safety. We don't, we, we trust that the doctors know what they're doing, but if you ask them, I'm sure 99% of them won't give you much more information than your average person on the street. Right. So 
we have this term anti-vax and now it's moving into vaccine hesitancy and we're, we're thinking that this is you know danger to the people but when you really start digging you really start seeing some very questionable information that i think anybody would pause to think at if they actually took the time to look at it so what i'm saying is a lot of these anti-vaxxers were not like that in the beginning they no. went they trusted the doctor they no. got their vaccines as they should according to the schedule and then boom, they got met with the, the biggest nightmare that they never <clears throat> thought that they would ever meet. So prior to vaccinating your son, did you, what were, what were your thoughts on vaccines? Well, well, first, let me just thank you for having mm. me. It's very humbling. I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you to your audience uh, for being open to listen to my story. Um, and I always start by saying that I'm just a mom and when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them that I'm in the business of making great human beings. Mm. And a lot of people say to me, are you a geneticist? <laughs> <laughs> are you a plastic surgeon? <laughs> oh. And I'm like, no, I'm not lifting bumps or anything, other pieces of anybody's bodies. I'm a mom and I'm trying to make my children the best they can be. So to answer your question, um, with my son, obviously, you're right, you make a great point that we are not anti-vaxxers. In fact, many of us took our children to, be, to receive this medical procedure and something happened that led us to further research and debate this topic. So I would say that we're not anti-anything. We're probably pro-truth pro-reasoning and pro-science and pro-debate. That's what we are. I wouldn't say we're anti-anything. And so, like the mom I was, uh, I was told that the right thing for me was to take my child to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just listen. Uh, but when my son was born, he had um, the delivery, during the delivery, there was some issues that caused him to have an injury on his head. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know a lot, but I feel like I have good common sense and I figure, well, you know, he had an inflammation on his head. Can anything else that we do further this inflammation or be inflammatory in any way in somebody's body? And so, I felt I had this gut instinct and that's something that I can tell people. If you feel anything about any mm. situation, most likely you're right. Right. <laughs> Listen to your intuition. Right. Um, as you know, and I know you advocate. Um, so I wanted to ask the questions, but vaccine information is not readily available. And I will stress that point because what we are given at the wellness checks that you get when you have your baby or at the doctor's office is not vaccine information. They give you this sort of like a small, short flyer, like a piece of paper that mostly talks about what the infectious disease that they are addressing mm -hmm. is about and how wonderful the vaccine is. It doesn't have any 
technical information about the vaccine per se. It doesn't tell you the ingredients. It doesn't tell you a lot of the risk factors. It doesn't tell you the warnings. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell you the data of how many people had experienced injury. It doesn't tell you mm -hmm. which process this vaccine went through for testing. It doesn't tell you any of that. So it's like a small flyer that's promoting a product. So it's more like a sales pitch right. than it is actual scientific information. So I was given the sales pitch thingy and I was like, well, like most people, I guess I should do it. And then the, I had the doctors telling me, yeah, you know, you have to do this. Um, and we did. And, and what, uh, how old was he when he got his first? So shot? when you get your first, you know that you get some shots when your child is born at the hospital, like the vitamin, vitamin K. K. Um, but these sort of, but there's no hep B. I know they're in some provinces. I don't think. And in the U.S., it's the day first day of birth, the hepatitis B, but not here. Yes, not here. I don't. No. I don't know if it is now, but not when I have right. my, my son. Okay. Um, at three months you go for the first checkup and he got his first set of shots. And this is a very emotional part of the story because my son had an adverse reaction every time he had a vaccine. And by an adverse reaction, I mean that he broke into a very high fever after the shot and he was experiencing pain, but he was a baby, so he can tell you, he was crying this, and it's typical, if you hear mothers of kids that have vaccine injury, it almost sounds like we all go together and reach consensus on what to One say. One story, <laughs> yeah. But we didn't. What was the timeline? Within what, within what time of the shot? Like the same day. Right. Like the next couple of hours, he had this like high pitch crying, mm. kind of relentless crying, not able to console him. Kind of like the kind of crying that you know your child is in pain yeah it's and um this very high fever almost like he had gotten sick from an infection but didn't have the infection so every time i call the hell link you know that number yeah, yeah, that yeah. you call because i felt like this is not right and every time i called they said to me normal this is normal. <laughs> How do you know? No. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. psychic. But yeah, they said, oh, this is normal. Don't worry. You're just anxious. It's your first child. So you're just <sighs> being like overly neurotic about mm. it. And they also said to just give him Tylenol, which is like the catch-all phrase, right? Like the solution for everything, people, is Tylenol. Your husband left you? Take Tylenol. <laughs> So this is what they told me, but in hindsight, after I read all these years, actually Tylenol made things worse. Well, it's a liver toxin. It's it terrible. Is. So it how is. long did these, how long did his symptoms last for from the first shot? For the first shot, this lasted about say two, three days. And then he, during the time that he was having these symptoms, he was a bit aloof. 
but I think you noticed like, a change in his behavior. I, I noticed a change, yeah. but he would kind of recover. Okay. And I want to stress that because you bring a, a good point. How was my son? My son was a typically developing child. Right. He had eye contact. He was responsive. He had reciprocal interaction, meaning I called his name. He looked at me. He giggled. He breastfed. He looked at me breastfeeding. Yes. He was very intelligent. He showed signs of being very clever. He crawled when he had to crawl. He sat when he had to sit. And um, he even walked um, at 11 months. Mm -hmm. But every time he had the shots, then at six months, same thing happened. Okay. He had kind of symptoms as if he had a very acute ear infection. Mm. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have an ear. Right. And this went on. Every three months, I think, is when you do it. And more and more, I would see that the reaction would last a little longer each time. And the aloofness would also last a little longer. Mm -hmm. He was like, he went from being like, to being like, like kind of unresponsive um, with no expression. So when... So what was going on in your mind when this is happening? Like every time this is happening, was it making you well, question it, things? It was making me wonder. And again, I felt the instinct, but I had all these doctors telling me I'm just being paranoid. He's fine. And every time this happened, I called it. How's that link? Until about... So I called when he was three months. I think I called when I, he was six. I don't think I called when he was nine because I just thought, well, they're going to tell me the same thing yeah. they, told me before right and I just thought oh maybe it is normal and they all go through this sort of reaction and then you kind of it, it goes away because it went away before right. uh, but that was just wishful thinking because mm. when he was about a year and a half he had the the MMR vaccine <clears throat> and then he had again a big reaction in that he was screaming crying and what happened after was uh, life-changing which is he had words and he had um, dexterity and um, he was walking he was walking and he had proper motor development and then he started to fade away like these skills that he had gained it started to fade away like he lost words and mm -hmm. then he didn't acquire new words right and at that point, I took my son to the family doctor and I said exactly the same story. And he said, oh, you're, you know, first time mom, you're being very worried about this. Kids develop a different, in different ways. And I'm telling you people, <laughs> listen to your gut. Yes. You know, listen to this, to this, and to this. Is there for a reason? Um, because I didn't. And, but by the time I went to the family doctor and he told me that, I stood my ground and I said, no, something happened to my child. But they refused to, as soon as I would mention the word vaccine, everybody would change the topic or look at me like, Cuckoo, or just like, mm, or say, or completely dismiss the concern. Like, right. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with that. No. It's something else. He's fine. But if you must insist, I'll refer you to a pediatrician. If I must insist. So mm. they did. So we went to a pediatrician. 
uh, who diagnoses developmental disabilities. And we did a long year, so a year long of assessments, tests, consultations with this pediatrician. So make no mistake, my son was diagnosed as severely affected by autism. Okay, so, but not, they didn't relate that to the vaccine? No, I tried. I said, well, something happened because he was fine and then he wasn't. Yes. No, everybody dismissed it. And as soon as I would have started to bring that up, I was, again, changed the conversation or told if you like profusely that this wasn't. At that time, when I started to go to the developmental pediatrician, my instinct had kicked in. And so I decided I was going to read on this. So again, just alluding to what you said first, I wasn't anti-anything because I took my child there. Mm -hmm. I became informed because I took him there and something happened. So then I started to say, I wonder if there is any relation between this and this. So I decided to go to a group of moms that got together back then who had children with autism who insisted that the autism wasn't just some obscure nebulous right. developmental problem but actually say these things are symptoms of something else that's going inside of us mm -hmm. and as such they are biological reasons yes. and these biological reasons have a cause and so I went to one of these meetings and a mother mentioned the vaccines and I was like, aha. Mm. And then I went home and I started to read on my lovely friend, the internet, who became the greatest tool for yeah. this research. And the more I read, um, the more it became clear what had happened to my child. Yeah. But I have to say that no amount of reading which people argue because science is debatable and science is never settled. And even we can agree, right? Like science is never settled. But all science aside, no one can debate with common sense. And I say this because I started to analyze the way, the fashion in which vaccines are administered the ingredients, and then it made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and some logical points, like you take the measles, mumps, and rubella, and I'm like, brother, you must have like terrible karma if in real life, you get measles, mumps, and rubella at the same time. <laughs> good point I good have point. met like somebody and if that happens to you men I don't know what you did in your past life oh just there. yeah <laughs> so, I don't know what you did in your past life because you got the three things at the same time and then people say well yes but you're not getting the live viral infections at once the three of them well no but you are still mounting an immune response to all these three things at once so that makes no sense to me. And not to mention all the other extras, the goodies that they put in there on top of 
everything else all the ingredients like when you go and i mean let's not even go far people let's just go to uh, let's not go to the you know to the voodoo chicken bones website let's go to health canada let's go to health canada's website and read vaccine ingredients or the cdc the center for disease controls website and read the ingredients and you will find these things that if I came to your house and I put them in a spoon and I tried to give it to your yeah. child, you would call the police on me. <laughs> yeah. If I put polysorbitate, formaldehyde, aluminum, all these cocktails of toxins in a spoon. Tumorogenic cells that exactly. they culture them on, exactly. things like that. You so know. was that MMR vaccine the last one that he ever got? Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about now the ingredients in here. So for example, polysorbate 80. Tell me, why wouldn't I want that get injected in my blood? What does that do? Because polysorbate 80 actually is used to break barriers in your body to allow some medications to transfer from one side to the other side. That means that polysorbate 80 can cause other vaccines on the ingredient to cross the blood-brain barrier and go into your brain. Exactly. And, also and they because, debate that, right? They say, oh, no, no, vaccines don't cross the blood-brain barrier. That's what polysorbate 80 is put into things for to do. Exactly. Right? That's the objective of that substance. Yes. And they put it in paint to emulsify it. Mm. So do you want things that go in paint to go into your body? I don't know about you, but <laughs> we don't, I don't think. So, and formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is uh, embalming fluid, right? And it has been recognized as a potential carcinogen, mm. you know? Mm. And a lot of these ingredients, I'm not a scientist, so I'm here to talk from the point of view of a, of a mom, um, but I invite people, go and research these individual ingredients because you will see that they are not classified as, they classify as potential carcinogens, not because they are not carcinogens, but because it would be unethical to make a, a trial or a test where I give you formaldehyde, but not you, right? right? And because those types of tests or, or research cannot be done because it's unethical, you cannot say this is a 100%, but they are, many of these substances are. But it seems to be ethical to directly inject it into a vein, not knowing of a small child, developing child, Right. For some reason, we think that's okay, but yet the, the, if you were to drop it on the ground, like they say, if you were to drop this mixed vaccine on the ground, it would break, you would have to get hazmat to come in and clean it up. You know what? You made two fantastic points, Sasha, which is, yeah, if you, this, first of all, these things have to be disposed in the biohazards, uh, within the biohazards process. If some of these things break, you have to get the firefighters to come. Yeah and pick it up. Um, the other point you made, you said directly injected. And that's where my mother's common sense kicks in. Like I said, I don't need a scientist or a PhD on something to tell me what my common sense tells me, mm -hmm. which is this. When you encounter infections and disease in real life, these diseases don't dive into your bloodstream. Right. They, you encounter them through these mucosal barriers mm -hmm. that evolved through time. <laughs> and we got 
through the wisdom of nature, God, or whatever you want to call it, to protect us. Where certain uh, levels of our immune system have to be triggered in a certain order. And we have this, it's just amazing intelligence inside of us that takes mm -hmm. care of all of those steps. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Again, lack of common sense. When we have a vaccine, we inject this thing into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. It goes right in and in a natural way. bypasses yeah. all of these yeah. mucosal barriers and all of these processes that are supposed to help us deal and trigger our immune system in the right order. You know, so to me, that's just complete, the void of all logic. Right. So, you know, more and more, I realize this made no sense. This is not health giving. Anybody that can tell me with a straight face that a cocktail of adjuvants and aluminum and uh, monkey cells and dot pig's blood uh, is in some, uh, like, you know, is yeah. health giving? Right. Please give me a call. Uh, you know, we'll <laughs> go for coffee and you can tell me to my face that that is health promoting. And, you know, well, and the vaccine industry, they'll tell you right off the bat that they, well, they, they can't be liable because it's impossible to make a safe vaccine. Oh it's like, goodness. wow. And they admit it straight up, right? Well, they admit it straight up. And this is another excellent point that this is, is so clear that vaccines have risks that in the U.S. they have the, I think this is called VARS or VARS, the vaccine, um, uh, adverse, adverse reaction system. reporting system. Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah, and yeah. then they have a vaccine court which compensates people for vaccine injury. Because if you happen to be able to get, it's hard to win, are, right? It, it, it's hard to win, but they have given in the order of billions of dollars. Over $4 billion. To people because they recognize that these injuries still happen, which means they are acknowledging there are risks. What's worse is I remember, and you will love this story that uh, my son, I wanted my son to be checked, just to have a general check, like a physical, just, just, just to be diligent. Um, so I took my children to the family doctor and we were there just to have these checks and to meet and greet the family doctor. Um, and somehow she decided to ask me if my kids were up to date on their vaccinations. How old were they at the time? So my, this was like two years ago. Okay. So my son must have been 12 and the other one was 10. Okay. And I was like, well, that's not what I'm here to do, but okay. And I said, um, well, I haven't vaccinated. And, and that's another point, another tangent that I will just kind of uh, insert here is that my second child never got any vaccinations and he is at picture of health before mm. I doesn't get sick he gets sick body fights it maybe like a fever once in a while twice a year at most natural but it's, it's, it's how you grow day. a robust healthy body right yes. his immunity is just <clears throat> so great and we, when we were at this family doctor she asked me and I said well um well I didn't <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I'm sweating. And I was like, well, my second is not, he has never been, he has never been vaccinated. I'm now, well, um, my, my other son, he uh, got up to 
a year and a half. And she was like, why not? And I said, well, because my oldest experienced adverse reactions. And she was like, but you have to do this. Wow. It's almost like she started to insinuate that it could be neglectful of me too. And I just thought to myself, you know what is neglectful? Neglect is that we do not research medical procedures that are done on our children. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of it too. Right. But I'm telling you this, so you don't do that, right? right? Yeah. That was neglectful of me. And now I have to forgive myself and mm. carry that with me for the rest of my life. Right. But when I told her that, she said to me, these things are perfectly safe. And I said, no, they're not. Do you know that? I can't remember which vaccine company it was, but you might remember there was one of them. They had been taken to court. They are convicted felons because these companies have done all kinds of fraud on their testing. Yeah. To begin with, to begin with, not a single vaccine on the current childhood schedule has been tested against a true placebo. That's a problem. Um, but furthermore, they have been known, these vaccine companies, to falsify results of the efficacy of the vaccine. Mm -hmm. They have been known to uh, falsify uh, the process, the reporting on the process of testing. And like I said, some of them have been taken to court. So I told this to the family doctor. And instead of moving on with the conversation, she felt the need to say, wait a minute, I'm going to look that up right here and prove you wrong, kind of putting me on oh, the spot. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. good luck proving you wrong. <laughs> so, so how did that go? I was like, oh my Lord. I'm like, I hope I don't look like an idiot. You know, because when somebody treats you with that, sometimes you know you're right. And I know I am. And I have that confidence. I read, I looked at these things. But when you have somebody in a position of authority, like a doctor, mm. showering upon you this uh, influence, it makes you doubt yourself. It's even dope. then, even that so far into like, it, really? Even though I wow. know, I read it, but I felt that, I, you know, I have to confess. Uh, this wow. is like cathartic because I'm like confessing all this. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. I'm like, ooh, I feel like much. I got it all out of my chest. I feel so much better. Oh, confession right here on video. <laughs> so um, so I, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to look like an idiot. But I'm like, no, no, no. I read these things, but oh my goodness. And then she was on the computer and then she was typing and Glaxo's mm. or whatever. And, uh, and then she stopped and read that they were accused of fraud and they were taken to court. And then she just looks at me and goes like, top yeah, four vaccine manufacturers are all convicted criminals. Yes. Yeah. And she just was quiet and was like, okay, so what are your concerns? And she just oh, isn't that, see, and that's, isn't that interesting? It's like that, that hubris, that like that, that, the yeah. lack of, of, of curiosity to say, okay, well, tell me about your story. Exactly. You know, like what, what made you do that? Cause obviously you were doing it according to the schedule, but you stopped for a reason yeah. and we just deny that. We just we, like, it's even if there's a 0.5% chance it's true. If this is a possibility, it is incumbent on us to 
to know that and to research it and to like, it's, we can't perpetuate this consensus consensus and everybody is all the science that that is like one of the most bastardized words out there right now. Science. I believe in science. Like really? Cause that's kind of the most unscientific science there is out there. I mean, we know right. big pharma buys the science to publish you are it. Right. Yeah. And again, you make another great point, which is sometimes these parents, concerns or questions or statements or even information that we bring to the doctors are, are dismissed you know and it reminds me of of um, of a vaccine story that also ties to my son which is that in in one i think it was during the nine month or a year a year maybe visit i might be wrong because uh, this happened so many years ago 14 years ago uh, when he had one of the vaccines we were told my husband was there and we were told to, um, hey, you're here. You know, it's like, Bogo, <laughs> buy one, get one free. Oh. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, like, you're here. Why don't you, you might as well do the flu shot. But because I had seen these reactions and I had called the head link and my mother instinct was sort of starting to kick in. I was like, um, uh, you know, and again. Had you done the flu shots in the past? No, never. No, okay. And, you know, I, I again that this authority, you know, mm. telling me to do this, but I was, I started to be hesitant, and I was like, um, um, I don't think so. I think we're good. I think it's too much for one day. I think maybe not. And then my husband was just kind of um, um, leaving it up to me to make those decisions and delegating all of that to me. And so he was just saying, I'm good with what she says. And then they said, okay. And then the nurse walks away, comes back after a few minutes. And I'm like, now my son was crying at that moment because mm. he had had the shot and he was again inconsolable. And I was like, oh, baby, mm. and come on, come down. And then she comes back and she had been talking to, I don't know, a doctor, somebody there. And they told us if we could, talk to them in the other room, in the adjacent room. And I said, okay, I didn't know for what. So they kept my son, they, oh, I'll, I'll hold on to him. And I'm like, okay. And then I went, I'm like, oh, I thought this is gonna be a quick uh, something she's gonna tell me and my son, but I was very concerned because he was crying and I needed to separate you from your son. I know it's again, and you know, if I had been then, what I am now, um, which again, people learn from me <laughs> and, um, and learn from my mistakes. And so I went to this room with my husband and then they were saying that, uh, why didn't we want to protect my, and their language, you know, yes. it's like, why don't you want to protect your son? Yeah. And I'm like, that kind of kicked in the lion inside of me. I was mm -hmm. like, what do you mean, sister, that I don't, like, why are you insinuating that I'm not wanting to protect my son? Yeah. Like, what is this? Yes. And then she started to use this language like, um, you are here already. Why wouldn't you do it for him or for him? Like, I'm not doing something for him, you mm -hmm. know? And, and, then, um, I, and then I said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm going to go and read on this. But we are telling, oh, but we, the authority, mm -hmm that know everything, 
are telling you mm -hmm. that this is what you need to do and you do not need to research you and to think, think for yourself exactly right? oh for not no. you shouldn't research you shouldn't re read about things just keep yourself ignorant and let me make the decisions for you right. and at that point i i decided that's it my child is my business no one will be more invested and love my child more than i do mm -hmm. my child is my job so from now on he is my job mm -hmm. and i started to research and but i yet i caved into the last shot when he regressed so in canada there is no there's no recourse for a vaccinated child, right? Like no. there, you can't, there's no, no. So in the US, I just wanted to bring that quickly, some stats around that because they say the injuries that are actually reported through that system, which is a voluntary system, is. is about 1% or less of actual Imagine. injuries. Yeah. And then of those that actually win vaccine court, that's a fraction of that 1%. Yes. And they've paid out over four billion dollars to a maximum i think of 150,000 per yes per case i think, I think yeah. was that what it is something like that yeah. so that's just a fraction of what's actually going on out there and they recognize it there's 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 the it's not the vaccine manufacturers that are paying for that though no no no, right? no. it's the taxpayers it's because the taxpayers the yeah. manufacturers were given liability years back and so it's it's coming from right. everybody's pockets there over there not in canada we don't have that right there's nothing here but you know it's it's a double-sided sword there should be something like that here but that would be almost agreeing that we ought to give these companies liability that sorry that we ought to release to, to remove all liability from them but they don't have liability here no they regardless. don't so you don't have recourse so no no but again, doing this system that they do in the U.S. would mean that the taxpayers would pay for all these injuries yes. instead of taking these companies yeah. to task. Yeah. I wonder I mean, how many vaccines would disappear tomorrow if they were required to be liable for the products they produce. Many, many because a lot of these diseases, you know, are like what we call the, uh, you know, childhood diseases that are you know no not an issue at all and some of them are benign um some of them are even science papers discuss whether some of these diseases actually help train your Thank immune you. system and help your immune system prevent even certain forms of cancer, cancer like measles exactly. measles yeah and so you know some of these vaccines were given for the to be honest for the commodity of the parents that you know you don't have to have a week off work because your kid is at home with the chicken pox mm. and you know not a big no deal. instead you have to give up your whole career because you have vaccinated instead, your child i left my job now for 10 days but for my whole life right so okay <laughs> so let's talk about that so now you, you start researching you realize oh my goodness i'm not going to do this anymore there's definitely a so Let's quickly, like in a nutshell, well, not a nutshell, but let's give it some time, but the, like the last 12, 12 and a half years of your life. Yes, and, and if I could say that, uh, life turned into a complete nightmare because my mm. son was developed uh, all these symptoms that are classified as severe autism. So, so he did example. it all. For example, he had uh, what they call self-stimulatory behaviors, which is just movements, um, 
uh, atypical movements of his body. He didn't develop language until later on, so his communication was um, almost non-existent. Um, he had problems going to the toilet. He um, had a ton of pain. He developed so many gastrointestinal issues, which mm -hmm. is very typical of kids with autism. Um, um, because these inflammatory processes that were triggered by these external inputs, such as a vaccine, uh, can trigger this chronic state of inflammation, many times manifested on the gastrointestinal system. Mm -hmm. So my son had extreme issues with his digestion, um, with his um, bowel movements, etc. He was in pain, no communication, he cried. And I took, uh, kept diaries of these things so he would escape sometimes mm. 50 times in one hour even out of my, oh my house goodness. so i couldn't shower i couldn't even go to the washroom with without holding on to him wow he would escape when we were out in public it was so exhausting to the point that my husband said i can't go out with him um he would when he finally spoke he would say sometimes horrible things to me uh, mm. punch me hit things throw things did he have a lot of temper tantrums all day temper tantrums. he would cry eight out of 12 hours. Wow. Uh, he didn't sleep. He would sleep. He would go oh to bed. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, he yes. would go to bed, um, like say at two in the morning, he would sleep like two hours. He would wake up in the middle of the night with night terrors screaming. He has self-injurious behaviors when his certain things trigger him. Like when his dad left the house, he would hit his head in the tile floor on <gasps> the post of the stairs. Um, he had extreme obsessive compulsive disorder. He would line up objects. He would stare at the fan spinning all day long and he would turn it off. He would have these extreme tantrums. He didn't use his central vision. He just looked with his peripheral vision. I, and the list goes on and on and on and on. He, um, Where, what, what did that do to you? Like, how do you, and then you had another child. Yes, I when did. That... Yes, I did. Wow. And wow, you must have been it was, a mess. It was exhausting. Uh, at times, I felt very despondent. Mm -hmm. But it also caused me to appreciate my children. Mm. And, um, and honor that. And I'm sorry, I get emotional. But and honor that. As soon as you cry, I cry, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. This is an emotional topic. It's like, especially when you're a mother, like, yeah. For real, it, it does. Thank you because you said that and it kind of like cut me off from all the crying. <laughs> it's okay. But... It'll start again later. We'll both cry. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we say things like, I'll do anything for my son and I love my son unconditionally. But do we live up to that? Mm. That's the question. And for me, it pushed me to live up to that. Wow. And it's marvelous because when you can do that, you free yourself from so many things. And one of the things I free myself that might be something that the audience can benefit from hearing is it freed me from other people's opinions. And you and I were talking about that because I had to start thinking in function of what's really important here. 
what you think of me because I am debating vaccination mm -hmm. or the child, the child's life, my son's well-being and fighting for him and what's right mm -hmm. and protecting him. Mm -hmm. And guess what? My child, other people's opinion. My child, <laughs> which one do you think matters most? My child. Absolutely. So it was liberating. It's liberating because now as much as I care about other people and I do, I had to some, at some point say, you know what? I don't give a poop about your opinion. I'm going to do what's right for my child and I'm going to help my child. Well, people are, are enslaved by other people's opinions. Yes. So I can see that very, being very you know? free. People... And sometimes that took to do like, my son and I spent three years doing five hours of neurodevelopmental. I had to do a therapy that would repair his brain, help him heal from those injuries that he had that were due to the inflammatory process that he had in his brain. And we did five hours, six hours of therapy for three years and a half every day, plus all these other things that we were doing. And some people say, how you do that? And I'm like, well, with a lot of determination and discipline and a lot of love and you have to do these things because you want to help your child and when you do that sometimes you don't shower mm. sometimes don't worry i shower for a yeah. <laughs> but sometimes when you are so consumed you're dealing with the child crying all day, you're dealing with therapies for five hours or, or, or more a day, you're trying to cook a special diet because your child is now on a diet, you're taking them to this treatment, to this doctor, and then you look like you're crazy, you don't shower, you don't comb your hair, and, but it's liberating because I had to think, I'm doing this because I love my son, so that lady's opinion of me, thinking that, um, you know, uh, I don't care about how I look or I'm not clean and orderly. All those worries disappear. I stopped caring. <laughs> so it's very liberating. Absolutely. And I found a lot of peace and contentment um, in the midst of wow. this chaos. In the midst of the chaos, yeah. Um, uh, because wow. I have no regrets. Yeah, I bet. Because uh, my son uh, has recovered greatly. And if you saw him today, you would never know, you would know. that mm. he was so disabled. Mm. He had no muscle tone. He couldn't throw a ball, catch a ball. But now he plays five musical instruments and he self-taught himself, wow. many of them. Wow. So it's incredible. Wow. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. My, mm. Both of my children, they have these minds so expansive. They are so wise, so intelligent. And we would have never known. Right. And when he was tiny with all these symptoms, he was always treated like he was so cognitively low, when in fact right. he was just so smart. Right. And he has healed. And he knows I'm here today telling his story, their story of both of my children. Um, and it's hard for him, but at the same time, he knows it's a good thing because this story, the intention is that it helps other people. Absolutely. Okay, so that being said, I'm sure some people are gonna watch this that have vaccinated your child or they know people. So what got you on that road to recovery? Many things got me in the road of recovery. The most important being 
and something that you I know you are a big advocate for uh, clean eating. We eat 100%. organic, uh, no toxins, we eat toxin free. I don't use makeups, I don't use perfumes, I remove all toxins from as much as possible from my life and my house. Um, we did some specific treatments that are used for kids with autism because they all the gastrointestinal issues they develop a lot of nutritional deficiencies mm -hmm. so we had to do high dose vitamin therapies and my son every time we did something i'm very fortunate because i i learned from those mistakes i made and i learned to trust my gut more my instinct and i'm lucky most everything i've done for him has caused him to go forward and mm. have improvement. So we have done homeopathy, we have done craniosacral therapy, mm. we have done osteopathy, you name it, I've done it. My bank account is very much. <laughs> so there's been a big cost <laughs> to yes, all of this. Because right? all these things that actually help are not covered by not covered. mainstream healthcare. And so the standard of care many things are not con even diets i mean diets is nourishment Massive. people you know yeah. but it's not somehow like seeing somebody like you somehow is not covered going no. to get a prescription drug cover yeah going to see somebody like you not covered no. makes no sense but it's not so unfortunately all of that came out of pocket and took us down a path where our finances are very strained but again you know no regrets so you quit your job i quit my you job got into debt mm -hmm. And you dedicated your life to I started to homeschool my kids. Yes. Homeschooled your children. Yes, for eight years because homeschooling allowed me to do all these hours of therapy I was talking about. It allowed me to do uh, B12 uh, shots. It allowed me injections. It allowed me to do the special diets. It allowed me so, to... And the, with the diet, was your primary f dietary philosophy the GAPS? That's yes, diet? yes you're right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what mm -hmm. we are on right now after all these years is something that looks very much like a very, very clean uh, plant-based paleo diet. I mean, we eat meat, some meat, but not like in astronomical proportions. Uh, we eat mostly vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds. Um, I make everything from scratch. It's a lot of work. I ferment foods. I do all the things that I you I just eat. bought 100 pounds of cabbage yesterday. <laughs> Sauerkraut <laughs> starting this weekend. <laughs> I do 100 pounds every year. I'm like, I have a low heat relief. Like, all oh, this cabbage is cut it. Oh, I love it. Yes. But, I mean, I do all of those things. And it has transformed. It's not the magic bullet. You don't see these things making a difference in a day or in a week you have to give it a couple of months but they sure 100 percent make a difference and a five-year-old would understand that analogy right we're talking about vaccines who ha which have ingredients that are not health giving in any way but then you know i'm approaching these issues with diets which you know uh, follow the analogy of the house if you make a house with like garbage and don't Put any thought on it well your house is gonna be crappy and it's crumble. gonna crumble yeah. down so you want to make your house with the bricks that are right for the job and what are the bricks that are right for our body the vitamins the minerals not the food colorants not the preservatives you know not glyphosate not glyphosate on our food and those pesticides yeah. and herbicides mm -hmm. so yes that has been the main thing for us has been diet i've been i've done many many other things but diet is 
Right. And that was big. I did talk to someone. So I do these parties called nutrition at your neighbors, where I educate Ooh. for three hours in people's homes and teach them how to ferment and make broth really and things cool. like that. Yeah. So I had a woman come one time and she, at two years old, her son got majorly vaccine damaged. He was totally fine. And he regressed to the point where he would just rock there in front yeah, of the TV. He would cool. scratch his throat until he was bleeding. Like he would get his hands in and just scratch inside. Her biggest goal was to delay the first uh, temper tantrum because once mm -hmm. the first one let go, it yes. was just a day, day of that. It was just like that. Yeah. He um, he was completely constipated to the point where they they blamed they blamed the child. Like, oh, they like to hold. He had he no. was so full it was actually coming into his stomach. Yeah. Like he was just full, yeah. like to the brim with his own crap that he could not get yeah. rid of. Like it was unbelievable. So they mm. did gaps as well. Mm. And she said for the first one, because you quite a, this is quite a detoxification process when you start doing all this stuff. She said they went through gaps health. Well, oh, yeah. within the first, like he would have like temper tantrums all day long. She said yes. within that first year, she got huge, like she got her son back quite quickly because she started, I think, when he was still quite young. Yeah. And instead of having like six, seven or a day long of temper tantrums, she had like six temper tantrums in six months or something. Yes. Like it was massive she for was, her. Like I was counting. It yes. was massive. Like it went, it was like a fraction of it. And so, and that was the biggest thing. And her, they, they all committed to doing that and eating that okay. way. And I was just listening to her. I'm just, poor story just crying. I just couldn't imagine because you think that's going to be the rest of your life. Yes. Right? And I mean, and, you know, what is a lot of cooking compared to the future of your child. To the life of your child and the yeah. life of your family. Exactly, which a lot of people were like, well, that sounds like a lot of work. But, well, what's the alternative? Yeah, what's the alternative? Right. Is it to do nothing? So what were you offered from the medical establishment? Oh, what I was offered, you would find it quite amusing. I was offered, <laughs> <laughs> I was offered a kick in the bum, to put it uh, lightly, because um, after, the vaccine injury and all of that, I started to research quite quickly. So I moved very fast through all these diets and interventions. So I was doing B12 therapy, which basically is a form of vitamin B12 on an injection. And I kid you not, the day I started, my son went from escaping 50 times in an hour and I have I kept journals of this, so I would be objective. I wanted to have objective measurements right. and not just go by my memory or my opinion to escaping three times in the day, the first day with the- Wow, the first day. So I went and I wow. called the pediatrician that had diagnosed us. Mm. That, and she was marble. The first time we, we started to do diets, we went to her office and, and she was, he had started talking where she had told me when we got diagnosed that um, to be prepared because he would be institutionalized. And wow. I would be lucky if he maybe was able to one day remotely communicate with me. Could you imagine? Like, look at your son yeah. now. And yeah. uh, like, just, oh, wow. Yeah. I just, and so wow. when she saw him talking, she was like, wow, he's talking. In and how sentences. old? So, and when was, so how long, how soon after did you start um, therapies and things like that? When I started to do the diets, he started to talk. Um, probably when he was about five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so did you have quite a few years of... He had improvement in certain things like the tantrums. So 
some of the obsessive compulsive disorder, the sleeping improved. So all these things came at different times. Um, and, and some things took a long time, you know, something that I find very emotional and I'm gonna look up and I don't cry, don't cry, <laughs> is that my <laughs> son cry. wouldn't allow me to touch him. After yeah. the vaccine injury, he became very hypersensitive to touch and mm. sound. And so I couldn't hug him for years from maybe age three to about six or seven, I couldn't wow, hug him. And he never kissed me. He gave me the first kiss when he was 11. Mm. So <gasps> 11. Yeah. So thank you, vaccines. Wow. I'm obviously being cynical about this, um, sarcastic, because I had to wait 11 years for my mm. child to give me a kiss. Um, it's heartbreaking, everyone. That makes me want, my son so, is 11 right now. I could not imagine yeah, not very, having, because this is a time where they're like developing and it's like, mm -hmm. it's not so cool to get a hug by mom. Now, like you could yeah. imagine not, that makes me want to ball. But when he did it, it felt huge. You know, I remember that day and I will for the rest of my life. Oof, see? Um, so, you know, yeah. so, yeah, it, it was a very difficult road and, and we are still on it. It's a marathon, it's not a race. Uh, and, but it's an unnecessary marathon because yes. we went through this because of this injury. Um, and people ask me like, would you change your life? Would you, if you could go back? And a lot of people say, oh, if I could go back, I wouldn't change it. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be very honest with you. I would. <laughs> right. I would. If I could save my son from all of these hardship and heartaches, do I think there's positives? Yes. It taught me to be a better person. I am a better person because mm. of this. Um, it got me to meet fabulous people like you. You know, people that stand for the truth. You know, you're beautiful, you're intelligent. I meet people like you because of this. And so I very much, I have a lot of gratitude for that, but it's my son's life I'm talking about here. Yeah. And so we lost his childhood. Yeah. Instead of seeing him play and ride a bike, we were hours and hours doing therapies and diets and supplements and the like. Yeah. Nobody should go through this, people. No one should, everyone. Um, we need to be more aware. And, and what I now tell people is this. Um, there is a lot of strength inside of all of us and we never know what we're capable of doing until we are, until we are put in a position where we have to be capable of it. Because a lot of people say, oh, you did all of that, you're so strong. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm quite a chicken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound like a chicken. Too. But I do um, love my children very much. And I have to, to match that love with my actions. Uh, but also I want to tell people this, which is like my, I'm my, in my house, I'm famous for this phrase. And they will look at me like, come on. But I say to everyone in my house and my friends, never leave in the hands of others what is important to you. And so your health is important to you. The health of your children is important to you. So don't leave it. The doctors are there to guide you, to support you, 
but they won't live with the consequences of whatever happens. Mm -hmm. So whatever is important to you, your mortgage, your house, your job, your children is on your hands. You have to take initiative. You have to take the handles and, you know, and guide that horse where it goes. It's up to you. And that's the thing. And that's why we call this the Sovereign Collective Podcast. This is about taking that personal responsibility yes. for all aspects of your life. You don't have to do it alone. You can, you can get no, guidance. No. You can get yes. help. You can belong to a community, but you have to take charge and you have to do it. And so that's why I created this because we, it's very apparent in this day that we're waiting for the answers outside of us and we're waiting for somebody to save us and to tell us what to do and what our next step is. Yes. When it's none of their business, actually. Exactly. It's a very lazy, comfortable thing to it do. It is. Until crap happens. Until. And then right. you realize, I should have never relinquished that power to someone else. Right. Take your power back. Right. It's yours. It's right. your life. You do right. it. Right. Right. And so now he's 14 years old he's and 14. does he have any residual symptoms, effects? Like you say, you still have to work hard to keep him healthy. So what is that? What well, we have to upkeep his diets and all of these protocols, supplements and things, because if we don't, uh, he can be prone to um, experience more infections, that he's more likely to get sick or constipated. Um, does he ever regress emotionally or he does under certain circumstances the world is a difficult place right now so he experienced a bit of a i would say a regression showing a bit more control and ocd oh, type of behaviors okay. not to the extreme that they were but i think it's mostly as you know triggered by um the stress response of the body so definitely he has a lower threshold of tolerance for stress, but he's working on that. Like I say, he keeps improving every year. Um, we are still on that marathon. We're not on the finish line, but he, like I say, he plays five instruments. He goes to scouts. He works at his grade level and beyond. He's brilliant. Mm. He reads big books in mm. five hours. Like wow. he was reading novels when he was in kindergarten. So is my wow. child. When he was in kindergarten. Yeah, when he was in kindergarten. He wasn't talking much. Um, wow. But he always had this wisdom. It's incredible. He's like, we joke that he's like an old man because he gardens <laughs> and he knows so much. He reads books and books about plants and gardening and botany. And he knows he has this knowledge. It's amazing. And wow. he talks. We were told he might never talk. So I learned sign language a little bit, a little bit of sign language because I, don't, I have to communicate. I have to find a way. But now he speaks like nobody's business and his words are like listening to poetry because mm. he reads so much that he has this rich great vocabulary, vocabulary. Yeah. he's so eloquent and so well spoken and so compassionate he cares about the animals and the plants and the kids that he now he has friends you know i thought it would be impossible he'll never have a friend no. you know we were told he would never go to university he will never marry he is this charming little child. I mean, he, he has friends and his friends uh, look at him and look at all his qualities. And I can tell that he has good, close relationships with these kids mm. that are his friends. They are very lovely ch uh, children. Um, so 
you know, what else can I ask for? For him to feel that mm. he belongs, that he's wanted, that he's loved. And I make a lot of mistakes along the way. I lose my cool. I'm not going to say it's perfect. Um, you know, I smile a lot because I'm happy to be here with you saying these things, not because it's easy. Don't be confused. Mm. <laughs> um, but um, it is at the same time just a wonderful journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, I've learned a lot and I hope people today also, um, have learned a thing or two. I hope this oh, contributes absolutely. I'm, I'm to sure the community. Have. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it, but it's not about being perfect, right? But when no. you're always your constant, constant no. advocate for the child. And that's when yes. I'm seeing the lack of right now is this whole masking issue and kids going oh, yeah. to school and you're not even allowed in the schools and there's no, and this is the last interview I did on like that advocacy for the children that mm-hmm. advocates end up and say, no, I know my child. I know where my exactly. child was at. And I know the difference the day after. And, 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 no, and nobody gives that any credence. You're right. right? And, and you have to stand firm because they can exactly. talk you out of it. Exactly. And, and you make such a good point about, I don't know when you're somewhere and you have to advocate for your child, just close your eyes and see your child's face mm. and you'll get the strength to say what you need to say. Mm-hmm. Do it, try it, you know, right. give it a shot. Believe me, I do that. Cause when I feel like I chicken out, I'm like, I don't want this confrontation. Right. I just have to close my eyes mm. and think of my children. Mm. And I'm like, man, I better have the balls. <laughs> Or the ovaries. If ever there was a time to grow big balls, it's exactly. now. Or the it? ovaries, oh whatever goodness. you have. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so what have been some of your resources that have really helped you on this journey? Oh gosh, I read so much through the years. But for people that are kind of, you know, hearing us today and wondering, well, you know, I think vaccines are safe and effective and I don't believe this lady she looks kind so of let's find funny. out where 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 can we find the proof that they're safe and effective if somebody were to look where are they going to find well, that proof well that's an excellent question because mm-hmm. the truth is they won't find it anywhere ah because like i said that that testing against a true placebo just doesn't even exist so right. if you find it i mean you know you found it in another planet <laughs> it didn't happen on this one mm. um but if people want to find information about vaccines that and it's a, a moderate approach, you know, where uh, there is a great book by Dr. Paul Thomas and it's called, I think it's called the vaccine friendly plan or vaccine uh, friendly. We just looked it up. Yeah. Yes. Vaccine friendly, friendly plan. plan. My memory fails me, but if you Google Dr. Paul Thomas, that is a great book because he had, he does believe that, the idea of vaccination has a place in the world. Mm. And here are all these caveats to it. And here is how you could go about it in a more, in a safer way. Um, there's so great, it's not anti-vaccine, right? No, it's he's not, not even, no, he's yeah. not at all. In fact, you know, back in the day when, you know, this Dr. Andrew Wakefield became famous right. because of the controversy, he was actually never anti-vaccine. He actually right. was, Pro vaccines. Split it up, spread yeah. them out. Right? And, and a lot of people, you know, it's, it's amazing how we often just repeat talking points that we hear on media or other people, you know, and one repeated talking point is that 
people think that people that are anti-vaxxers or, you know, um, say that vaccines cause autism, and we actually don't say that. <laughs> vaccines don't cause autism. Vaccines cause or lead to an injury that can thus manifest on different things. And for some people, it could be an autoimmune disorder. It could mm -hmm. be a food allergy, you know, because some of these vaccines are cultured on egg, on oils of things that resemble peanuts, you know, and there are studies everywhere mm -hmm. that discuss the possibility that this epidemic of allergies is related to this. So, you know, you, you can um, read papers, you can search on PubMed, which is a medical database, but if you don't have the time or the energy, and it can be quite boring, as you know, because mm -hmm. we read these things sometimes. Um, you can watch documentaries on this information. There are great documentaries. You know, you're cooking, you're folding your laundry. It doesn't even have to be a time investment. Multitask and watch so documentaries like Vaccines Revealed. It's a good documentary. And these documentaries don't feature random people. They feature researchers, medical doctors, epidemiologists, and even people that worked for the CDC or work for these official government uh, institutions right. that promote vaccination. Um, vaccines reveal the truth Vaccines reveal truth. So those are, those are some, those are more like extended multi-part. Yes, these are documentaries that people can search on the internet. Right. And I think sometimes they screen them for free. Yeah. And sometimes I think you can also buy them. Uh, and there's great books. There is a book by a doctor whose name I can't pronounce, but I love her. She has great demeanor. She's this very soft-spoken woman, and she is very on point, scientifically strong. Um, her name is Dr. Tatiana. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can't say her last name. Oh, I didn't even spell it very clearly. Oh, Beckanich or something. I didn't even spell it right. But yes, yes. Dr. Tatiana, and her book is is vaccine, vaccine illusion. illusion. And so that is a great book. And she's an immunologist. She's an immunologist. She yeah. has a, she's a doctor on immunology. Yes. So, you know, um, the people that are speaking about these things have the education, have the credibility and, and the science to back them up. Right. And what I was saying about the, the autism uh, dilemma is, you know, Dr. Andrew Wakefield actually didn't say that vaccines cause autism. He said what we have observed again and again on children with autism, that vaccines can lead to uh, inflammation, especially on the gastrointestinal system, which will also go to, you know, affect brain. your brain. And a lot of these kids have gastrointestinal And issues. that's how we started, right? As a gastro yeah. doctor, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. So his story is in Vaxxed as well, His right? story is from the movie Vaxxed, and people can look it up and actually read the paper that he wrote. This paper, who supposedly was debunked, was not about autism. It was about gastrointestinal issues related to vaccination. It was about inflammatory conditions triggered by vaccines. You know, and somehow he was the sacrificial, he became the sacrificial lamb, you know, and his career destroyed because he was a person who had the integrity mm -hmm. to stand for the truth and, you know, and the morals he couldn't allow himself to ignore this.
And so many of these doctors and these resources that we're talking about are people who have a conscience and speak about this, right? Right. And they're willing to risk it all. And that's the thing. When I, when people like, oh, they're just making it up and this is bullshit. No. It's all, look, who is gaining from the story and what are they gaining from telling you the truth? They risk losing their medical license. Mm -hmm. They less, they risk defamation and ridicule. They, they risk everything exactly. to tell you the truth. We have to look at this and question is they're not gaining. Now he's, I don't think he regrets anything. He's now into documentary making. Yes, he does. And he's, he's, I'm sure he can right? sleep very well at night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yet big pharma and then like, what are they gaining? Billions of dollars. Billions, billions of dollars, of dollars exactly. to I mean, I, keep injecting you. Yes, and you know, again, you make a really good point, which is the vaccine branch of pharma is the is the one that leads to their higher profits, right? Because all these other parts of pharma, you know, the medications and all, are um, subjected to like to liability, mm. but the vaccines are do not. not. Right. They make an, and it is a product that is, it has a market that is already insured for them. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like I start uh, knitting sweaters. Well, I now have to go and find people who want to buy my ugly sweaters that I made. Because <laughs> I don't knit very well. <laughs> but with pharma, they can make these poorly made products and they already have them spoken for. Right? right because these yeah. vaccination programs the governments are on board they have already purchased they have already got the schedules here i can't yeah. remember what the thing as soon as you put on the schedule it's worth i can't remember what the yearly profit I, is I on can't, that i can't remember but it's high that. yes as soon is. as and that schedule has yeah. you know once upon a time there were less than what you can count on your hands for exactly. vaccines and now it's multiple doses exactly so i mean you just have to follow the money to to see this right it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory um, so yeah. So, the, and then, so there's Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. Oh yeah. But she has a great book. I, I call, I think it's called dissolving illusions. Dissolving. So illusions. there's vaccine illusion by Dr. Titiana O. And then there's Suzanne Humphreys, Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, um, uh, uh dissolving, dissolving illusions. illusions. And Dr. Suzanne Humphreys is a, a medical doctor. She, I think she's a nephrologist. Yes. I think. Yeah. 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 And she had, lots and lots of years of clinical practice and the the way that she uh, got into this subject was also because she started to notice a lot of people with uh, renal issues with kidney issues um, and she started to see the connection between that and and vaccines so um, again you know a lot of people get into this because their their integrity doesn't allow them to ignore this which is so blatantly on our face you know and again we have to use our common sense us the the late uh, people like myself and take a look at, at our children at large mm -hmm. let's let's think about how people were a hundred years ago mm -hmm. shall we you know now allergies left and right Autoimmune disorders, arthritis, autoimmune diabetes, which used to be called uh, type 1 diabetes, and they called it adult onset diabetes. Well, now it's not adult onset no. anymore. Children are no. getting type 1 diabetes. No. No. 
I mean, why is our chronic, chronic issues? Yeah. No, no longer. We've gone from acute stress, acute disease, you know, acute conditions. Now it's chronic, chronic. We're chronically stressed. We're chronically toxic. We're chronically sick. Yes. And, right? and there is this parallel where there's more vaccines and more meds and somehow we are not healthier because of it. We are worse. And it's controversial to actually discuss it and ask questions about it and to point out the correlation. And you said that, right? You said that very well. It's controversial. And you even said it just a couple of minutes before where, uh, you know, all these doctors who in the right mind will go and be the black sheep? Who in their right mind yeah. would go and be the controversial dude who's going to risk, you know, doctors make a lot of money mm-hmm. for a doctor to say, let me take a risk to be controversial and potentially lose all I'll this just make money. it up just because. You know, I'm just going like, to do it. No, they don't. <laughs> you know, I'm just a mom. I'm talking. And you would say, well, you have nothing to lose. You're right. Because the worst thing I could lose, I already lost, mm. which was the health of my child. Mm. But I still lose things. I lost my job. I lost my income. You know, I lost financial security. Are my kids worth? of it, they are worth every penny and every tear and every minute mm. and every effort. But wouldn't go back and do it shouldn't it have to be. Right. But I'm still right. ostracized. I'm criticized by my family. There's family oh, members. Okay. There's family members who think I'm, you know, uh, you know, a fruitcake or um, there's uh, cousins that, you know, criticize me because I have this, um, I debate of, Medic, the medical system and the vaccination program, you know, and they won't talk to me about those things. Did they not, have they not seen the, the, the complete transformation of your son? Did they not know your story? How can they, and how you, can they question that? I don't and care. you're right, because it seems that, and it's scary, you bring a, a good point, can people not see this? For example, that doctor I was talking and I kind of digressed, I do this, I don't sleep a lot, so... I digress, forgive me. But I, I was saying the, the pediatrician when I when she saw my son was talking, um, I thought, man, she's gonna be like if I was a doctor and I get a patient who improves a lot, yeah. I'll be like, Man, what are you t- tell, tell me? Yes. Tell me what you're doing. No way. What I did is I was kicked out of her practice. Wow. She interrogated wow. me, she told me, Who gave you those? Like, what did you do? but not with a happy, what did you do? Tell me. No, it was like, what did you do? And I was like, well, I gave him these B12 shots. And then he said, who gave you that? And I was like, I'm not telling you because what are you going to do? Are you going to get that other doctor in trouble? Right. Like, what like are you going to do with Your child was talking when he wasn't talking before. Yeah. And then she's I'm like, I thought you were going to like be that. happy about this. I thought you would be like, yes. I can help other children. Yes. But she wasn't. And then I didn't go like for a few months and then they just told me I was dismissed because I was always challenging the status quo mm. and the dogma because it's dogma. Oh, it's dogma. Right? So I was let go from that practice. So, and I was also kicked out of another family doctor's practice because I questioned some of these things they wanted me to do. I didn't, you know, and I'm not confrontational. I'm, like, I'm a friendly person. You mm. have seen me. I'm not like that. I don't scream at people or... I'm friendly. I'm Mexican. Mm. We love everybody. We're friendly. <laughs> you know, you go to like a Tijuana and everybody's friends. Um, so, you know, but, but yes, you are ostracized. You are, um, uh, 
you know, kicked out of a medical practice because of your belief. And, and you wonder, can you not see the transformation? You know, this dogma, these beliefs, it's almost like a cult. Mm. It's like a cult because it's so ingrained and it's so that it will blind you to what's right in front of your face. So you can see this child who wasn't talking, but now is. You can right. see this child who had no muscle tone, but now is doing martial arts. You can see this child and playing the piano and holding a saxophone and he taught himself how to do it. I mean, you can see this with your own beady eyes. Yeah. But no. They, they don't want to. It it's it's just that. like, and it's so, it's everywhere. And we're seeing that today. We're seeing in this era of COVID and we're seeing, you just have to know some really, really basic math to know yes. that there is not actually a pandemic going on. And then you see the excessive measures going on yes. and there is no matchup, but people don't want to see it. I, they do not want to see it. You know why? That must be why these doctors uh, name their books illusions. Mm. That must be the reason. No kidding. Because it is an illusion. It is an illusion. It's right? like, what it's you're saying is true. It's, it's, it's so clear. But here we are in denial. Right, like it's it's crazy, and and sometimes we don't. And you were speaking about that also a few minutes ago. We sometimes ignore these concerns of the parents, and we also ignore the emotions that the parents have when they are exposed to this situation. Because imagine, I'm so happy to be here and I'm smiling because, in a way, it's validating. It's validating mm. because I know you're believing me. Mm -hmm. You believe me, and you're listening to me with all your intent and all your heart, and you know, where all these people who saw this change and this transformation, at some times they actually said things, even people who had done the assessments on my child for a year, make no mistake, he had severe autism, were like, oh, that must have been a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, are you all of wow. your minds? He wasn't talking, he was flapping his hands, he was lining up curse. You saw him, you diagnosed him, you wrote letters about it. And yeah. now you say that must have been a mistake because he recovered from what their DMS, their diagnostics uh, statistical manual says is a lifelong disability, irreversible. Right. You cannot be right. cured of it. So this gives hope to people out there if you have children like this. So what is your message then to First of all, new parents that haven't vaccinated yet that might be questioning it. And what are all, what about parents that have vaccinated or have, have a similar story to yours? So first let's start new parents. You haven't vaccinated yet. You're wondering what you should do. You're questioning, you feel pressure because I, I know I've been studying this for a long time. I've always been very firm in my beliefs and I, I've done, but my, I, my best friend, thank goodness she's come to her understanding now because I told her if you were like you were 10 years ago, right now, I wouldn't be able to talk to you because she, mm -hmm. she didn't, she kind of knew, but she was scared and she didn't do a research. So they're, they're not firm in their belief. So they can't stand up because mm -hmm. so they're easily walked over. Yes. So that's where a lot of people are. They're like, they're starting to question, but they don't have the strength mm -hmm. to really be firm in that belief and to stand up and they haven't put the time in. So what do you have to say to those parents? And that's an excellent question. So I have, I would give an answer that is almost a two part. From a practical standpoint, we live in a society where we are so overwhelmed. 
we almost offer analysis paralysis because there's so much mm. information. And so if you believe, and we, most of us, we're in that situation where, you know, we're hardly finding the time to clip our nails. Um, you don't have to do it all. There's people like you, right? They can of like outsource that knowledge and, and consult somebody like you. They can hire somebody who has been studying these things, such as yourself or other people, there's many, um, and help them with that. So if you feel that you don't have the time or the energy to do it, from an emotional standpoint, you just have to find what draws your strength. And for most people, I said, it's your own child. Mm -hmm. You know, close your eyes. Like I said, I, I wasn't being rhetorical. I was actually being truthful. Close your eyes and see your child and find in them the courage you need to do what you need to do for them. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, for some of us is to acquire a whole new ideo ideology about how we live our lives. And we start thinking about, Again, what's important to me, what's really important to me? You know, my car, my Starbucks coffee, what's really important to mm. me? That I make it to my salon appointment, you know, which is important, you know, that you pamper, that you take care of yourself, but, you know, or, or is this important? What's important to me? That the teacher doesn't dislike me Great. because I tell her, uh, that the, the help my son needs and that my son is, uh, you know, uh, I heard this from friends, but like as I was saying, I am homeschooling, so that's not the case for me. Um, if I want to talk to the teacher, I just look in the mirror. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, yeah. but for I've heard it from people and I'm like, well, you know what's more important that, that, that the teacher doesn't dislike you or the future of your child? So it's all about starting to make almost an internal priority list. And if it helps you to write it down, write it in a journal or something, make a list, what matters in my life? And I bet you that your car and what the teacher thinks of the principal or your neighbor thinks of you. I have neighbors that came and criticized me because my garden outside, like when you have these issues, you, have it coming at you from everywhere. Wow. You know, I have neighbors that came and were like, when are you going to fix your garden in front? I'm like, well, when you come and help me do my son's five hours of therapy, or if you want to dig in, my friend, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> go ahead. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you have it coming from everywhere. But, but when I made a priority list, I tell you what the neighbor thinks. My list is like this high. He's like over here, <laughs> you know. Right. He's not making He's at the, the cut. Bottom of the list. Yeah. So make a list. What matters to you, and when you have clarity on what matters to you, it's easier to take action. Mm. So have clarity, and uh, uh, watch documentaries. Um, it's good to read research papers, but it's dense, boring at times, and takes time. So make choices that will make the learning easy for you and make the time to learn about things that are important, like your health, you know? Reading what uh, Kim Kardashian did might not be a great investment of time. Reading about how uh, to eat properly, you know, uh, would be a good investment mm -hmm. of time. So try to make those priorities, I would say. Did I answer the question? I think so, and I think to reiterate what you were saying before, 
when your question is to listen to this as well too. Oh, yes. intuition. If you're you right. have, if you're thinking point. there's a question about it and you're feeling it, yep. then that is something that we have learned to ignore. And that is the truth. 100%. Right? Yes. Yeah. Listening to that. Is, yes, that's true. That, that's true. That. And you said for people that already kind of went. Yeah. So say they're dealing with your situation. I think we gave them a lot of good resources. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Is there anything else you have to say? Well, to again, they don't have to do it all. I chose to do a lot of the research myself and uh, learn um, because I have that personality that I feel if I understand something, I'm more likely to follow through. But again, you don't have to do it all. You can talk to Sasha here. You can talk to other professionals and get help on how you go about recovering your health. And maybe for those people who already have a kid that has vaccine injured, not so much focus on um, a label or a problem that is already diagnosed, but just focus on like health. What brings health to this what person, right? And to bring health to this person, what do I need to do? This food and not this food. And if I don't know, then I can consult somebody right. or I can buy a book or I can go to the library if I don't have money to even buy a book. Some people, when we're going through these situations, we're so financially taxed, be creative. Maybe you talk to some, a professional like Sasha and you say, you know what? I can't do 10 sessions because I just can't afford that. But maybe you can get me started. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can come here one mm -hmm. time and then she can give you a book to read and then off you go on your own way. Like there's ways, yeah. you know, to work right, with people, with professionals where yeah. uh, they'll work with you um, and, you know, focus on what will give you help, taking the toxins away. Um, and that's the thing. That's the, it's a different philosophy from, and this yes. is what I tell people in my classes that I teach. It's like, when you're dealing with tonic herbs and you're dealing with good food and I think you're not about trying to suppress symptoms. You're, it, it's the mm -hmm. philosophy about building health. Whereas the whole idea of vaccines and other medicines and things like that, you're trying to suppress things or avoid things. It has nothing to do with building health. Exactly. It has to do coming from a fear-based perspective of trying to avoid something. And exactly. that's like, I'm not doing this so I don't get cancer. Mm -hmm. I live the way that I do because I want to live the strongest, exactly. most robust life that I can while I'm here. It's not to prevent cancer. That's for me, is the bar it's is like, really low. It's kind of like what you were saying, the analogy you were using about the whole virus thing happening right now, right? Like they, I act based on fear yes, or I act based on a goal. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like protect, 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 yes. or move towards health. Exactly. Right. Like, w w like all the mainstream media is saying is protect this, cover this, separate, which will just makes you sicker, yes. more isolated, and just compromises everything. Mm -hmm. How about you go over here and you get out and you 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 do what people need to be healthy. You expand your microbiome. You're more diverse. Yes. You get out into nature. You you interact with real people. You share yes. stories. You eat exactly. real food. You move your body. Like it's a and I, I just don't understand how people, it, it, it's, it's controversial thing. And then we're the ones that are putting people at risk. I have dedicated the last 30 years of my life to understanding and learning and building health and educating on it, educating myself, applying it with my family, teaching it to other people. Like, and now I'm a threat to society. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think so. I'm sorry. I don't buy that story. I don't. You don't look like, right? a, like a criminal to me. <laughs> I don't feel like one either, but some people are trying to criminalize that, yeah, right? You know, I, I've seen it, you know, speaking of people, you know, like you, like, um, 
like you are presenting ideas that are dangerous. Yes. And where is in fact the opposite, what's dangerous is not to question the status quo. You know, if all scientific inquiry starts with a question, why do they want to censor the people that question? Yeah. Isn't that a bit of a, I don't know, like a, an oxymoron? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to question the people that question, but you say science is questioning. Yes. So, Absolutely. And we, now we don't anymore. We're not allowed to and people are getting censored. Books are being banned. I'm waiting. I ordered Dr. Thomas Cowan's book ah, on yeah. Amazon, The yes. Contagion Myth. Yeah. I've been waiting for it. I thought that was the only place because I do not like to buy things on Amazon. And now they're essentially banning, they're banning it. They're yes, not they, selling it. They are banning And many of these books, yeah. like the books that we were talking about, um, are being uh, removed from certain right. uh, market outlets and and pe but people, these people have their own websites. They have their blogs, and people yeah. can can search them. Uh, parents can also look at websites like um, the Children's Health Defense. Oh, Children's Health Defense. That's another really yeah. great one. Yes. Yeah, and that is a really good website because they are kind of they keep on top of current affairs um, in in things that affect oh, right. the health. Oh, A few more sites. Children. Okay, so Children's Health Defense is a great site. Yes. Nvic.org. Mm -hmm. And for people that are dealing specifically with neurodevelopmental issues as a result of vaccine injury or other uh, reasons, they can look at, you know, there is a plethora of websites nowadays. There's Facebook groups in Canada, there's Canadian biomedical, if people search biomedical, the biomedical word in Facebook, they'll come up with all these groups. Um, where biomedicine refers to kind of like the approaches that we have been discussing, how you um, heal the body with things that are compatibly, compatible biologically with your body. And so, um, and there is actual, again, a lot of science-based websites like the Great Plains Laboratory. That's a good website. Oh, I don't know Because that they do testing and a lot of their testing of all of these biomarkers you know they test how your body is working and um, to um, to help you determine which kind of problems you have specifically okay. if you have infections if you have inflammatory con conditions due to infections or due to other reasons and, and they have a ton of webinars and things on that website oh, that can okay. be very educational Ooh. that is specifically can relate to developmental disabilities or autism or other um, autoimmune disorders. Vaccine I mean, Choice Canada. Vaccine Choice Canada is a great website to, to learn more about vaccines. It's, it's very factual. And again, look at the name. They are not anti anything. They are about vaccine choice. choice. And that yeah. is yeah. the thing. It's like you, like in the days of mandating this mm -hmm. and that, is the choice that matters. Just ensure that it's a, an informed choice, but to take away that choice, that's a huge red flag. Yes, and I should say something. I mean, I don't work for any of these people or promote any of their products or any, I'm just a mom. But what I can tell you is this. Uh, sometimes the way that we change the world is through our own individual actions. It, it all starts with the individual. Mm. And so what can we do? We can support organizations like this. If you're gonna decide that you have some spare money to donate to something, donate to these organizations because mm -hmm. this is how they keep alive 
you know, protecting our rights and our freedoms mm -hmm. and uh, giving us information about things that, like I say, are important to us. So, you know, good places to donate to are the Children's Health Defense and Vaccine Choice Canada, and you will find others. And the High Wire. Oh yeah, the, the High, wire, the high wire. You know, that show is, a lot of people attack this show because they think, um, you know, I, I, they think it's not serious. I think that what that guy is doing is he's trying to present the information uh, with a light tone. Del Big right. Yeah, it gets heavy um, sometimes. So I've yes, finished a few of those shows in tears. Yes. I have to say sometimes it, it, it moves it me. Yeah, and but it's you good. know a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's controversial. It's cont there is no controversy. But what's the controversy? They bring scientists yeah, that have, and he will invite any side. Yeah. He invites the debate, but it's extremely rare yeah. that the side four will come to defend their position. Yes. And it's a very digestible format. It's the videos. Yeah. And uh, you, again, you can listen to them while you're folding laundry and cooking. And, you know, get, get that education because the way this is going to change is uh, supporting these organizations that are doing work to spread this information. It's going to change with our own choices. If we make a commitment, we educate ourselves, we keep our children healthy, you know, so that they become the healthy society of the future, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to what is looking like right now. It's a future in, by, in which you have all these kids who are, have disabilities and all that, where these guys have the disability, these other guys are gonna have cancer and the rest, I don't know what they will be doing. You know, it's, it's looking pretty grim. <laughs> it can be. But, and and it, it's, it can get heavy, but the thing is, it's the choice. It's ours. It's up to us and we get to choose are yeah. we going to a golden age or is this it uh, yeah right Pretty like much. we and and yeah. we have to act quickly yes so the the resources out there if there's the mm -hmm. will there is a way yes but it's up yes. to each and every one of us to take that responsibility yeah. because no one's going to do it for us and we no. know that the no. powers that be out there are like just look at the trillions of dollars that have been spent yeah. like, like the world's problems could have been solved exactly right you know exactly you say it so well i i joke that you know, I was sitting there waiting for a Spider-Man to come and save me, but he never arrived. So. <laughs> you know, we have to do it ourselves. We do. Yeah, we do. So. Well, thank you, Maria. No, thank you. I am thank so you. happy to share your story and to hear your story. It's very moving, and I'm so glad to have met you. Thank you. And yes. I look forward to learning more about it as you go. And if you feel that this is an important story, you want to share it, please do, because people need to hear this. This is a real story a real live we person real. and there are many of them and there are a lot yes. of people that probably don't even realize where their troubles began and they maybe this will even help to shed some light on their own situations they did don't they didn't even realize yes and many who are again uh, fearful of being ostracized by their family or their co-workers and you know too shy to speak you know I, i'm here to represent all these people there's many of us so I'm, I'm here just to honor uh, the great challenges that all of us have gone through. It's very difficult. So it's last one thing, if people need to find support, a group where they can talk with other people that have gone through the um, same thing, where would well, you? There's no, I wouldn't say that there is vaccine injury specific groups in Calgary, though that's a great idea. 
Mm. Um, but there are groups that uh, discuss biomedical interventions for right. autism. And I used to help run one of these groups at Autism Calgary. And, um, and I did it for many years, so I had to move on to uh, take care of, my, give more attention to my family. And they are still doing it. Okay. So if people need in-person support, they mm -hmm. can do that. And again, the internet is this double-sided sword. <laughs> so much mm. a propaganda and brainwashing happening. Don't look for this information on Google. Exactly. Do not. It is being scrubbed of the true information. Yes. And it is, they're putting, it's all about, you'll find very different searches when you go from a Brave browser, for example, or you use Swiss cows as your, as your search engine. Yes. Uh, or your Ecosia or DuckDuckGo or, or they even say yeah. DuckDuckGo isn't even it's good anymore go. it's been oh, well, bought. Oh, I don't know <laughs> I, don't, I still use it a little bit but if you look on Google and you try to look so for example there is a WikiHow yes. a website that teaches your children how to lie to you if you don't oh, want them to get vaccinated it will teach you how yes. to lie if That's you look right. for that on I Google you can't that. find it but if you look for it on DuckDuckGo it's really it's the first hit so Google is scrubbing the truth and they're putting in their own propaganda. So don't look there. You have to yes. use a different browser. Yes, and, and you're right. It's, it's tricky. We have to use a lot of judgment going on the internet, but there are a lot of, uh, at least it's a good thing that there are a lot of support groups in different media platforms where you can find people going through the same thing. I personally believe that it's great to find a person to face to face you can meet a human being that can help you with this. Um, I think it's great because then you feel the trust and comfort that you actually know this happens to other people and they are real, as real as you are. But the internet is there, it's a tool. You can find support groups in Telegram, you can find support groups in Mewi, Me Me I don't Me know what it's called, M-E-W-E, -E. Mm -hmm. um, even on Facebook, as censored as it is, at least you can connect with some people and then move somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so use these tools to your advantage to connect to people. And if you want a local group, there is one in Autism Calgary. Okay. Yeah, or you can connect with people like Sasha, who are professionals who can get, guide you professionally, but also might be able to connect you with other people who, you know, might be going through the same thing. And, and even start, you know, if, if there's yeah. nothing in your local area, you can start, start it. it. Yeah. Create it. Yeah. Be that yeah. grassroots yeah. beginnings because that's what it's going to take. Everybody has to, yeah. has to do it. Yeah. And so thank you so much okay. for, to everybody for mm. listening to my story and my son. Uh, we're very grateful and uh, we wish you the best, all the help. And thank you, Sasha, for oh, having me. I really you. appreciate it. Thank no, you. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the links should be below whenever I get this all out. Um, and if you have any questions, you can always contact me via my email. I'll have it in there somewhere. So thanks again. And your comments are welcome and your support is very welcome as well, too. So until the next time, have a great day. Bye.